I don't know what came over me, but I was just like, we're getting married. <laughs> and like, he was like, congrats. And I was like, like what? Super unprompted. Sarah. And I'm Nathaniel. And this is To Be Completely Transparent. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It has been a minute. Um, Nathaniel and I really followed our own advice um, and we set some boundaries for the summer. We went, <laughs> we lived our lives. We, um, to be honest, lost track of our schedules, <laughs> but we're back. We're here. We're ready. <laughs> we have a great episode coming your way. We have a lovely special guest today, and I'm excited. I'm ready. Back and better than ever. Back and better than ever, and I was also told during this break, are those gray hairs? Dead ass. Somebody asked me that. They asked you? Yeah, 100%. But oh. we de- we determined it was a, a lighting issue in a photo, so... I would, I'll just roll with that. Um, I was like, I, I didn't think this break from the podcast and really summer 2021 <laughs> was just aging me like this. So, but no, happy, happy to be back. I also have new gray hairs, but I love them. And my gray hairs are coming in curly, which is phenomenal. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have a whole new Ooh. head of hair. I'm stoked. We know that it works with your genetics yeah. personally. Oh, we know that. 100%. If anyone knows what my mom looks like, Silver Fox, am I right? 100%. Yeah. I'll text her soon. Don't worry. <laughs> you love parents. I know. I know. So I much. Know. And the parents love you. She would be actually thrilled to hear from you. So I support that. Okay. So as always, before we get into our topic of the day, we got to do the hot takes. Gotta, we got to keep it going. So I'm going to start because I know for a fact that my hot take is going to grind Anna's gears and I just want to see her live reaction. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) my hot take is that Guardians of the Galaxy is an absolutely trash movie. It's terrible. I've been watching all of the Marvel movies and I got to it and literally had a hard time even like focusing on the movie. I mean, you're, you're entitled to your wrong opinion, but like (laughs) I, the one thing I will say is like watching it for the first time in 2021 post the demise of Chris Pratt, I can understand being a very different experience. Okay. I just like you're, you're wrong, but I can accept you (laughs) anyway. (laughs) I appreciate it. I mean, I will say soundtrack was good. I love the soundtrack. I just thought the storyline was very meh. Like I just was not into it. I mean, it's White Man Hero's Journey, which is not exactly your, like, cup of tea to begin with. (laughs) Also fair. Also fair. (laughs) I just know in the Wagner household. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, like, literally in the process of buying some minimalist prints to add to our bathroom, and one of them, I think, is going to be one of the Guardians ones. So, like... Of course. Yeah. I mean, okay, for folks who don't know what the Wagner household looks like, it the aesthetic is, like, really, like, high-class trendy nerd chic like it is the best like I love this decor so much like it is so nerdy like to its core but it looks fabulous all the time everywhere the decor of of the Wagner thank you the decor of the Wagner household is what happens when a minimalist marries a giant nerd 
and we find compromises. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's so good. I and love then there's it. just a jungle of plants everywhere. So many plants. So many plants. I agree oh. that you are wrong, by the way. I just want to you also agree? You're correct. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. I agree that you're wrong. I agree I know, with Anna. So I'm saying you agree with Anna. Mm. Okay, yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. no. I, to I each knew, their own. Okay. Like I said, you're entitled your to your own. wrong opinion. Wrong opinion. I <laughs> like you. That. I like that. Thank you. All right, Anna, what is what is your hot take? Oh, man, I I was we were laughing about this earlier because my hot take that I felt really good about has already been used, um, <laughs> and it's that the Beatles are just okay. We won't dive into so, this again. So rude, um, honestly. And the. I feel like that's my hottest take. I think the other thing I'll say is like, I will choose winter over summer any day. I feel like it's easy to say like summer isn't great because people love spring and fall. And like, I'm like, I'm a basic bitch. I love fall and all that it has to offer. I called my mom like almost in tears this morning because I got to walk my dog in a sweatshirt. And like, that was my (laughs) joy of the morning. (laughs) But like, I like the cold over the hot. I love cold and sunny. I love snow. I did not like it when Columbus froze over for a month in February and we were literally locked in our houses because Columbus did not do anything to the sidewalks and it was just like six inches of ice. That wasn't great, but that feels more like a Columbus problem than a winter problem. Fair. So yeah, it is that winter is significantly better than summer. The significant part is what really throws me. So I'm going to have to disagree. But I don't feel like I'm as like strongly in disagreement as some as I have felt against some other hot takes. Like summer, like I don't like sweating. I mean, I'm a sweaty person, so it's easy for me Incredibly. to get sweaty. So I Incredibly. don't like I don't like being sweaty. But we've we've already talked about that. Yeah. We don't need to tell the people how sweaty I am again. So no, anyway, <laughs> I I cannot. I'm, we're on polar opposite ends. It it's cold when it's sixty to me. So yeah. no, sweetie. No, no. <laughs> I would I never remember. ever opt for snow or cold. Give me a hundred five any day. I'm good. I would prefer that to ten. This is why I fled the South. Yeah, fair. That and other issues. <laughs> like, is that, that the only reason? That's, that's that's the only one. <laughs> no, we don't. But we don't need to dive into that in this yeah, podcast. <laughs> yeah, that could be another. That can be another time. Another time. Okay, Nathaniel. Hot take time. See, I'm a little irritated. Here's why. Mine was also going to be about movies. That's okay. And then yours was about movies. Why? That's like, fine. I didn't want to be on the same page as you. We're always on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, we're okay. we're connected. Mm-hmm. We're connected. I can't stand you. <laughs> um, so I did. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sidebar, uh, sidebar, sidebar. Nathaniel just visited me, and we were taking pictures on the streets of DC, and we we're a little lit. I'm not gonna lie. And some, Incre- like, incredibly, <laughs> yeah, we we're incredibly lit. Some <laughs> some some homeboy walks by and like smiled at us taking a picture, and I don't know what came over me, but I was just like, "We're getting married," <laughs> and like, he was like, "Congrats!" <laughs> and I was like, like in- "What?" Super unprompted. I mean, it it wouldn't shock. I know, but like, it just was hilarious. We were just like minding our own business, taking pictures. This this man did not say a single word to us, and I just said, "Excuse me, we're getting married." And he was like, "Unprompted, nobody asked." He was just walking with his pals, and I was just like, "Uh, mm -hmm." (laughs) "Yeah." Which, to be fair, 
when taking engagement photos, that is one of the two moods. One is do not look at me, and the other is I want everyone to understand. So that we're true. Getting I mean, these would have been very um, eclectic <laughs> engagement photos. I'll send uh, them to you, well, Anna. If the two of you are getting married, I expect nothing. I mean, less. yeah, but, but they're, I mean, the, the photos the themselves were awful. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't throw you know who under the bus like that though. She knows what she did. She does know. Okay, never mind. All right, I'm so sorry. I derailed us. Please, please continue with okay. your movie hot take. So mine is okay. Mine isn't going to be as aggressive as yours. Like you said, Guardians of the Galaxy trash. I believe is what you said. I'm gonna I'm gonna tread lightly here, knowing what the response is going to be. Harry Potter. <gasps> what about it nathaniel what about harry potter just doesn't do it for me just doesn't just doesn't do it for me i just uh... okay what what i will say what i will say in, in nathaniel's defense again this is a terrible opinion oh but God. i also know a lot of black people for whom harry potter does not do it maybe is that it because i like it's very white. It is the living embodiment of a white turf fan. Like there's oh, like that's true. three black it. characters and only two of them speak. Yeah. Should I take so a poll? I'm not saying should that's I take it, a poll? But I'm. You saying, should poll. You should poll. I'm, I'm saying there's a trend. You. Yeah. 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 So like, if you want to take me out? Like I got you, but also like you know, I'm a I'm a young millennial, and Harry Potter is the basis of my personality structure. So like, this hurts me in my core. I know, and I, I, I don't, you know, you know that I don't like to harm others. I, I'm really trying my best, but maybe it has been a few years. I could, I could reintroduce and and try to to watch again. I haven't, I have not read, and maybe there'll be a different result. But as it stands today, I just, I just simply can't. I'm so sorry to everyone that I have offended. You know, both of us have Harry Potter tattoos. I, I do. You I know this see, I, permanently. Have, yep. You do not? Yes, do you not. do. Oh, does Julie? No, neither of us do. Stop. Somebody has one. You're just that's not, a now lie. You're just such a, now you're such a fan that you're making up that. No, everything about my life is a lie. You guys definitely do. No, we don't. What? I mean, there's Harry Potter all over our house. What tattoos do you think I had that was Harry Potter related? I don't know. I swore. I swore. That you had something. Maybe it's just the fact that you have all of your... I had thought about it. Maybe we just talked about it. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. I got that wrong. I have a Harry Potter tattoo, but I did get it. I've got I've got a variety of nerdy tattoos. Yeah. But... Maybe I just, like, assumed. And you know what happens when you assume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... Yeah. You end up you like do. Sarah. But here's the thing. <laughs> I got mine before I knew about how awful J.K. Rowling is. And... It is meaningful to me and is not a representation of her. The end. And here's my thing. Like, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, Emma Watson, all phenomenal human beings who have also, like, fully disavowed everything that J.K. Rowling has said. And, like, I don't want to, like, I associate the fan. Like, I've just decided that Daniel Radcliffe, who is an actual angel, is the actual author of Harry Potter. Like, I've just, we've, in this household, we've reassigned him as the author. (laughs) Emma Watson and I share a birthday, so I would like her to be the author, but I also wouldn't read it if she was. So she's also the most likely to have actually been the author. Truly, as a, Tru- an Ivy League graduate nerd. Brown, right? Yeah, she went to Brown. Sheesh. 
Yeah. Yeah, sheesh. Yeah, because because every time she would get an answer right in class, people would shout 10 points to Gryffindor <laughs> and, like, bullied oh, the no. heck out of her while she was at Brown. Oh, that poor angel. <laughs> oh. Poor. Just kidding. I know. Uh, that wealthy angel. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that wealthy, wealthy angel. <laughs> like, she's she's got her own dose of yeah. white feminism stuff, but she's working on it. She is. She is. All right. Well, Nathaniel, I'm I'm sad to hear that, but I guess I I guess I understand. We'll work on it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm sorry, y'all. All right. So today's episode is a good one, and we have one of my greatest friends here, Anna Wagner. Anna, do you want to give a little intro about yourself, real quick? I mean, I guess you guys already got to hear from her a little bit, but we'll do the formal intro now. Yeah, we can do that. Hey, folks. Uh, my name is Anna Wagner. Uh, as Sarah literally just said, uh, I use she, her pronouns, um, and I am coming in from Columbus, Ohio. Actually, I think like several blocks away from where I, Nathaniel is. But I know. I, la- um, I was like laughing. I was like, y'all are like four minutes away. I, I could walk podcast. there. I could actually walk there physically. Yeah. Very, very quickly. <laughs> 100%. But I in columbus i hang out here with my wife and my dog um and get paid to work at ohio state university um i'm trying to not like say that i am this person Mm. because we're more than our jobs but like that is the thing i do yes i know work in student activities in student life at ohio state doing leadership programming and local service and civic engagement programming and that is how i got a sarah in my life because she, you know, just kept floating around the Ohio Union and wouldn't I leave us. Leave. And, I couldn't do it. Until I did, yeah. and then now I'm gone. Yeah. But, you know. I know, but you're only physically gone. You're not spiritually gone. So true. I definitely left uh, a lasting impression. Okay, you, continue. I would say. Con- continue, Anna. Not to t- tell, us, tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm irritated. <laughs> All right, let me stop. Let me stop. What else? What else should I say? What else should I say about myself? I I think that was a lovely intro. I think that was perfect. Um, I want you to to give us a little rundown. What are we talking about today, and why is it important to you? Why did you want to come on the pod and and talk about this? Heck yeah. Well, I I wanted to come on the pod because I just wanted to talk to Sarah and Nathaniel. Honestly, <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about bodies today, y'all, and specifically about the way that we talk about bodies. Like, we're gonna talk bodies and language, which, like, my little English degree brain and my deep passion for all things related to to body image, etc., is is thriving right now. But I uh, I spent a lot of time in my life thinking about bodies, food, exercise, our relationship to all of those things our societal relationship to all of those things. Um, As a fat person, it's something I think about a lot. As a person with a history of an eating disorder, it's something I think about a lot. And then the pandemic said, yo, you want to reset the way that you think about everything when it comes to wellness in a way that actually ended up being quite positive for me. But it's been, been high up on my brain. But really the thing that I wanted to chat about a little bit today was some language we use in in pushback to gross social norms that already exist, mm, if that makes sense. That. So thinking a little bit about body positivity, 
which I feel like is maybe something a lot of people have heard, and then body neutrality and fat liberation, which may be a little bit newer to some folks. And I want to throw a whole big caveat. I am not an expert on any of this stuff. It's just something that I'm passionate about and think a lot of time about. But thinking about body positivity, so essentially the the social movement that says, let's celebrate bodies for what they can do, not just like early 2000s model type bodies, but all all bodies for what they have to offer and love our bodies. It's very much pushing like loving your own body. Um, I think a lot about the like Dove Real Women campaign and things like that. Body positivity, great in intention, great in its surface, like most things, maybe has some issues in action. Um, and so there has been, a, it's not a competitive movement, but it's just like a corollary movement around body neutrality, which is spending some more time thinking less about like how to love our bodies and more to just how to live alongside and with our bodies and acknowledging what are strengths and what are weaknesses. Like, it is okay if you don't love every inch of yourself, but how are we recognizing the things that we can give and can contribute? And more importantly, how are we working towards a society that has a neutral relationship to bodies too? Because we are body obsessed just about in every Western culture, probably most cultures. I'm just more familiar with Western cultures, um, but particularly the U.S., like it is a huge part of our marketing world. Um, I know we love to shit on capitalism yes. here, and that's a big root of a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love it here. We love it. We love it. We're actually deeply pro-capitalism <laughs> in this space. <laughs> that's why we've. That's why we've taken a couple months off. We yeah, rebranded. Yeah. Plot twist, y'all. Super conservative vibes. <laughs> we've all got Elon Musk on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so body neutrality is is more in that zone of how are we leaving what works about body positivity, critiquing what isn't quite working. One of the things that isn't quite working, and that's really where like fat liberation comes in, is body positivity in a lot of ways was started to help liberate folks who are experiencing fat phobia, which we know exists in larger bodies. We know that is significantly more prevalent in disabled bodies, black and brown bodies, mm -hmm. queer bodies. Essentially, the more marginalized, the more you're getting messed up. Um, and body positivity made some really great strides for what we're going to, I'll dive into some of this language too, but like mid-sized and small fat mm -hmm. white women, like it has done wonders, which I am one of those people. So like, let's talk about it, but has really left behind a lot of the people that it was designed to support. Lizzo has done an incredible amount of outreach around this too, and around how the body positivity movement has gotten co-opted or left behind larger bodies, disabled bodies, fat black and brown queer bodies etc um and so that's really where fat liberation comes in because the the issue is you can love yourself all day long but if you are living in a society that is denying access to equitable health care that is assuming that you are less intelligent that is not allowing you to gain access to buy quote-unquote workplace appropriate clothing and so you can only have access to certain workplaces that you physically can't have mobility around different spaces. Like there are, are structural barriers. And that is really where fat liberation comes in is, is how are we not only celebrating fat bodies, but also disrupting fat phobic structures that are, that are really just 
the worst. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of really good words followed up by some, some weak <laughs> words at the end of that the sentence. But, but those yeah. are some things that I've been thinking about. <laughs> yeah, no, we love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I do want to talk about Lizzo specifically because I feel like the discourse on this topic online, on TV, on social media recently, like within the last few years, has heavily been surrounding her any almost like any time this woman exists someone is saying something and then now we're introducing this topic like why can't we let people live so can we touch on that briefly like the the discourse surrounding how other people feel the need to chime in on people's well-being on people's health like we we know that no one knows anyone's life or what they are how they live their life but we think that we do when it be when when the topic is being fat so you're saying like the the assumptions that people have when they see like lizzo or other folks out there who exist in bigger bodies and are fat like they have they make those assumptions immediately even though like logically we know that like everyone has their own individual life and we don't know what they're doing and how they live it is that what you're saying right and i guess I had brought up earlier the just the hypocrisy behind it. So yeah, so people will say they'll bring up all these topics regarding somebody's diet or their health, or start saying buzzwords such as diabetes and obesity and this mm-hmm. and this. When in reality, no one is ever voicing concerns about a plethora of other things that you can deem quote unquote unhealthy, like. Mm-hmm if a thin person and their seven thin friends are absolutely hammered and on the floor eating whatever, no one's ever going to comment on any decisions that they're making. Oh my gosh, that's not safe. That's not healthy. But Lizzo shows up to a basketball game and we're like, so now we're just promoting obesity. But what about exercise? What? There's no need for like, I don't think that that's, genuine you're not showing actual concern for anyone you are just looking at someone making a judgment and saying yeah there there's a problem with this i think there's like an inherent bias towards people that live in larger bodies and i just that's the major thing that grinds my gears lizzo is always trending and then it's always something about weight about health exercise i think it's all fake yeah when i think about like what what you're talking about there nathaniel around the Mm -hmm the fake caring that it that is used to disguise disguise a lot of fat phobia of like well i'm worried about you when in reality like like you just said right we don't know anyone's health or well-being and lizzo is a, a massive target here because she is one of the if not the most prominent like fat body in the media who is celebrating her fatness and i think that that has come with layers like there was a lot of outlash and I was one of those people who was mm-hmm. who was really frustrated a year ago when she did a like mm-hmm. here's what I ate in a day and she was promoting like a a beauty water which was really sort of like steeped in diet culture which does not mean we're going to disavow Lizzo like it just means that people are fallible and also like human beings and not just like she right. is also like we also don't need to get into like the magical black woman trope. Like she's not going to be the savior for all bodies either. But yeah, I think that there, there's a lot of that. And I think that's part of what fat mm-hmm. liberation and even body neutrality is trying to address is like, let's just let bodies be mm-hmm. bodies and like address health behaviors as health be- behaviors. And I think about that. I've been watching 
finally finally watching season three of shrill which is Amy bryant um and they they have a moment in season three where she goes to her gynecologist and a different doctor sees her and it finishes the exam and is like by the way you should really think about gastric bypass surgery because oh, all God. that extra weight is not healthy and it, it like it's a whole plot line that i don't need to dive into but everyone should watch shrill as a side note but um but it's that whole assumption of like it's not relevant to the moment but we're gonna bring mm. it up in that moment like we exactly society feels really happy to talk about fat people's health mm -hmm. in a way that they don't seem to be happy to talk about any other body's health or well-being and i think a lot about like my own story of I know that I am healthier, significantly healthier in this body than I ever was in my straight size body that I was like starving myself and hyper exercising to achieve. And so mm -hmm. that's the other thing is like, that's the whole mess of, of visibly marginalized identities, right? Like we don't actually know a lot of things, but we assume we know things about visible identities. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, that was a ramble. No, no, I, I, that's all great points. And I think the thing that it makes me think about too is, is how deep this goes. Right. Because like, I think about it as somebody who received a like science and health oriented education and the educational materials perpetuate this idea. So it's like, it's, it's so deep and it's so ingrained in so many layers of society at this point. And it's like, really has to take like an an active unlearning and dismantling as with any other like you know social issue and and things like that but it's it is really wild how it's just people feel so entitled to talk about it and just ignore the like total other half of the spectrum I think which is what you were saying before Nathaniel like they're like not even commenting on or even going sometimes as far as as praising unhealthy behaviors in small bodies and shitting on them in bigger bodies and it's and it's just in so many aspects of life it's absolutely wild yeah and we see that across like we see double standards across any marginalized oh, identity yeah. right i think what is different about the discourse around bodies maybe than for example race is mm -hmm. the factor of choice like i think there's a presumption mm -hmm. of choice like you could choose to eat differently you could choose to exercise yeah. more which is not inherently true like i right. am a, a fat person who exercises six days a week and eats really great food and like does all of those things i just have chosen to stop following procedures that would allow me to be smaller but made me a much less healthy version of myself but i think that that and this feels like a terrible metaphor, but it almost makes me think about like people who assume that sexuality is a choice too of like, mm -hmm. well, it, it, you could choose to to make a better choice that would make you less whatever, whatever, which it's not, but that's not the topic of today. Right. But you, but I think that when choice comes in there, it allows you to victim blame constantly, right? Like, yeah. why are you not making better choices for yourself? Totally, totally. That's a really good point. And I think that does bring like a different nuance to this, this conversation. But I think what, what you're talking about, what you've brought up here, Nathaniel, is really important of where we actually start to make change, where we actually start to work towards fat liberation is in interrupting those double standard dialogues, right? Is in saying like, I'm not going to publish an article about Lizzo's weight loss or gain. Like mm -hmm. it's that I'm going to talk about her music career because that's her job. Or if she's in a moment where she's talking about her body, phenomenal, right? Like that's great. But like, I'm not going to include unnecessary details about her. And I think it's, and Lizzo is a, again, like a queen, a goddess. We all know this, <laughs> but 
I think that that is where where liberation comes in is in disrupting the social structures is in in not clicking on those articles and is is in not buying those things because people are going to keep writing those articles and posting those twitter posts and throwing that instagram caption in because people keep clicking on it Mm -hmm. and that like our culture is not invested in perpetuating isms our culture is is invested in making money so like whatever continues to make the money is what they will do the people I feel also move the goalposts on the conversation as well frequently because just I was just thinking this off the top of my head, but people will be like, they'll push back like, okay, you don't know what this woman does. This woman performs on tour and this woman is doing this, she's doing this. Why are you commenting on her fitness level? And then like the conversation will shift to, well, if she's wearing this, there are kids around and like that's just not the appropriate piece of clothing to wear around kids and then someone will say okay here are 35 artists who have worn the same exact thing and this was not it's not a big deal so it's just back to the same point of how people are just over criticized simply for existing as fat people well and i think criticized yes but also like lizzo is criticized there are millions of fat people who are like actually being locked out of access to things right which is important too like Mm -hmm. like the criticism is the tip of the iceberg of the fat phobia that is like deeply seated in our society that results in like ironically horrific health outcomes for fat folks because they're not receiving the care that they deserve Mm -hmm. Like the first time I ever went to a doctor and the weight, my weight was not the first conversation we had was two years ago. Wild. And so like, I think that, and that, so she is like a prominent, visible, wealthy woman, black woman who is doing incredible work and is like facing a million other barriers, but that that is the tip of the iceberg for what everyday fat people are experiencing. Totally, totally. And, and I want to, I think I want to, to pinpoint on the fat phobia piece of this all, because I think that that's like a really big crux, like socially why this issue is just perpetuating. And so something that, you know, I think everyone needs to work on is figuring out how we have internalized that fat phobia and how we have, you know, those, those implicit biases about that and how we can work to, like you were saying earlier, Anna, disrupt our reactions. And I, I've said this before, but like, I think it goes, I think it applies in this situation too, but it's like your first thought is going to be your first thought, but it's your second thought and your first action that really count here. But I think, you know, and this is not an excuse at all, but it has been so steeped in our culture in the way we talk and the way we make comments and have discussions that it takes intentional effort to realize when you are being fat phobic sometimes. And I think that like that is a big piece like societally that we need to really work on. And that that plays into everything that's been said, right? Like if people have these implicit biases, if people have this fat phobia, then they are going to click those articles. They are going to, if they're a doctor, like treat you poorly because they have this idea in their head already about it. And I mean, it's not, I'm not going to ask you, Anna, to tell us, how do we all unlearn our fat phobia? But like, 
what do you think like what <laughs> can you fix us no i'm but like what what would you say like if if somebody was like look i know this is an issue are there actively things i can be doing to to try to work against this and be better like i mean we all need to do our own research and our own work but what are your yeah. initial thoughts on that i like much like disrupting any other internalized bias i feel like there's a couple different places that that lives right the first and this is almost the messiest for a lot of people is saying it out loud like when you have fat phobic thoughts like have a have an accountability buddy that you say it out loud to of like i just had this thought process i didn't love it i'm trying to disrupt it but i need to acknowledge that it was wrong i'm not mm-hmm. just gonna like let it live in my brain and then float away right because mm-hmm. that that's how we make unconscious bias conscious bias is actually being conscious of it talking about it right that's step one and i know that like i am I like I spend all day every day thinking about this stuff and I still am like so guilty of this particularly when it comes to my own body which is a whole other a whole Mm -hmm. other can of worms right but I do think it's a place where that lives I think another place and this feels really petty when I or not petty but like it almost feels small when I say it but I think does have a big impact is interrupting comedy around fat phobia Mm. like fat phobic comedy is is deeply seated like that was rebel wilson's entire brand of comedy yeah and then she just went through her like year of health and and lost a bunch of weight which if she was doing that in a healthy way and she made a choice that worked for her body phenomenal that's the whole point of body neutrality is like that you can live in your body and do what it needs to do if she was doing it unhealthily or for other things that's i also just think rebel wilson is a mess in general (laughs) but like you know i think how are we not supporting movies actors producers who who further those things because what we laugh about what we pay to laugh about right is is something that is deeply seated in our own belief structures and in our our community and like interrupting that when you hear jokes from friends too i think a lot of a lot of disruption comes in peer-to-peer conversation of like calling out I didn't love that. Or like, why are you thinking about that? And I even think about like, I had a friend come over recently and I hadn't seen, seen them in a minute. And I was like, Oh my God, have you lost a bunch of weight as a, as a positive question? I was like, why, why is that relevant Mm -hmm. at all? Like, a, there's a million reasons why that could be problematic. And like, and so I caught myself on it. Right. But how are we disrupting that in our peer to peer moments too? And then I think the last thing is like, look around in the spaces that you're in. Like, are there fat people there? And if there aren't, mm-hmm. why, right? Like, yeah. is there something about your workplace, your friend group that is not inclusive to fat bodies? Like, is it that they can't access, like, is it that your office's cubicles are too small? Is it that, like, you and your friends make a lot of, like, random comments that may be really triggering to folks who live in fat body? Like, what is, like, look at the spaces you're in, take a really strong audit of it. And if there aren't fat bodies there, have a really good question about why. And then, like, do something about that. Like, yeah. like change it. I'm not saying, like, you need to go, like, walk up to the next fat person you see and be like, <laughs> do you want to go get drinks? You have your friends. <laughs> yeah, right? But, like, if there are behaviors in those mm. communities that you're a part of, how can you interrupt? Those are so – those are really, really good points. I think – I mean, it's making me think, too, about – I know, like, you talked about, like, the self-talk and things like that, too. It's making me think about – how this is like weird like weird trauma bonding it was especially as younger girls and young women but that's like what we would talk about we'd sit around and be like I don't like this I don't like that that looks too big I've gained weight I've done all this stuff and like it's it's the mean girls right and I'm like oh fucking shit man that fucked me up (laughs) it's like oh 
I mean, wow. Yeah. But I really love those points. Like, I think that that's, those are really good, like tangible things that people can actually work on. And they're not like these, you know, super theoretical concepts like that. Those are things you can do today. Right. Like I like, I really like that. I think when it comes to disrupting like any, I'm just using isms as a catch all for systemic oppression. I feel like it can get so overwhelming because it's like, how do you, how do you change the water you're swimming in? But I, I do think like you start within your locus of control and your locus of control is your brain, your body, your family, your friends, your workplace. Like those are things that you can do. You might not be able to fix the American marketing structures. You might not be able to fix late stage capitalism, right. <laughs> but you can, you can do things about where you are and just acknowledge that like, again, we are fallible people and we will keep fucking up. Always. Sarah, you and I have had these conversations as well about recognizing thoughts, being aware of them and like voicing like, wait, that was really shitty that this is what comes to mind. How do we move past that? How do we rework those thoughts, rewire them, whatever word you want to use? So that's that's really important. And Anna, you already said this, but noticing your surroundings is just always always important there's always things that you can turn a blind eye to or not even think are necessary to think about and there's answers around you like oh why is where I am right now how does it support something that um, isn't inclusive to everyone Um, and if so why (laughs) what do I do where am I you know how can I contribute to that though I really 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 love those those points as you know action items that someone can do on a daily basis not like you know nothing major nothing that like requires you to take a specific action but just like within your own mind your own Mm -hmm. group of friends workplace home family like you definitely can make improvements day to day and I I want to like call in call out whichever phrase you want to run with today my fellow sjws (laughs) my people specifically which i'm gonna like i'm there's this really great article that's circulated in the last couple of years around categories which are like different classifications of fatness levels right so there is there's small fat which is like you're like a 1x 2x right like you can you can probably still find some clothes like you might be able to find some clothes in some straight size stores but like you're definitely going to be able to find clothes at every single plus size clothing that you go to and then it 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 cycles up mid fat large fat infinite fat like death fat is a new phrase that has like gotten reclaimed and circulated as it's essentially like fuck the phrase morbid obesity because Mm -hmm. bmi means nothing Mm -hmm. it was written by insurance companies It has nothing to do with health, but I think about like, and I, I'm so guilty of this too. in like my queerness of like, I, I sometimes like to ride out my marginalization of like, no, I got this. Like I've, I've done my duty. It's like, no, no, no. You're still like of that marginalized population, like pretty high up on the privilege scale. So there's also the, like, how am I looking around in my spaces of like, if I'm the largest body there, and my body is still widely accepted in a social setting, like I also need to be disrupting things that are going on too. And that doesn't mean that it's not, that I can't also experience marginalization and fat phobia and and whatever. But I think a lot, like, for example, a place that I spend a lot of time thinking about this is at my yoga studio, because I do hot yoga and like westernized yoga is is really made for thin white women. And I am one of, if not the largest bodies there. And I'm constantly thinking about like, how am I, 
disrupting that, but also hot yoga is a stupid thing to do. So like, it's, it's hard for me to invite <laughs> anyone to come to it with me. Um, but I think that it's important for, for those folks for whom body positivity has been most right. beneficial. So like small fat and then mid size, which is like upper end of straight sizes, which straight sizes are like, you could buy them in any, gro- any clothing store, not plus size. Like, it is on us, too, much like it is on my, like, cis, white, queer body to, like, look around and be like, the rest of my community isn't here. This was not a win. Like, let's keep working on this, too. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And I, I'm glad that you're bringing up the different terminology because I, I do feel like that's not as widely known as as some other things. And it's, it's definitely gaining more traction, but it's important to be able to have, like, appropriate language to use especially like designed and named by the folks who are in those groups. Right. You know, and not like you said, with morbid obesity, like not what is classified from the problematic standpoint, but from the people who are living that way. So I, I appreciate that you brought those up. Don't mind me. What is what's happening in my throat? <laughs> I'm so, I'm stressed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. DJ Sarah is on the, on the mic beatboxing. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> relax. I'm good. So going back to body positivity and and how perhaps that movement very clearly hasn't reached everyone or people feel like it's been taken over or hijacked, I guess I, I want to talk a little bit about how do you make sure that you're contributing to the conversation appropriately, not centering yourself in the conversation if it's not going to be beneficial and 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 how is that decided who gets to decide that that's been something I've really been like okay I know there's been some criticisms and this pleasure about how it's going Um, so what do we do about that or what can we do about that I feel like it's less that body positivity is wrong and just that it's not enough yeah like I think that it like it it is a, a really solid first step that like does does something right like we we now have brands who have refused to airbrush their models right we we now have like brands who have models of different sizes on their website and you can see an article of clothing in a size 2 and a size 12 on a model and like know what that looks like like those things are important and that is in part because of the body positivity movement and capitalism but like in it this time it's working for good um (laughs) So I think that that's important. I I think the question of like who gets to add to the conversation is like central to any time we're disrupting any sort of margin, like any sort of oppression, right? Like mm-hmm. whose voice matters here. So I don't know that I have a great answer to that. Other than that, like, I think my one thing I would want to say is like, don't use nervousness about who gets to add to the conversation to opt out of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like we saw this a lot when mm-hmm. like white people woke up yeah. a year ago and realized that black people existed. Um, and like, <laughs> like your discomfort about saying something wrong does not give you the right to opt out of saying anything Yeah. Um, or the opt out to opt out of like asking questions about why something was funny, asking questions about, why those models are expected to look this way, asking questions about why this discourse around Lizzo exists, right? Like, I, that'd be my one thing is I don't want anyone to ever use the I'm gonna fuck it up as an excuse because like, like yeah, that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. But at least like, fail forward. Mm-hmm. Totally. I like that. 
Yeah, and I also like I, I also like acknowledging that body positivity itself is not inherently wrong. It's just insufficient. Like I think that's a really good point because, you know, when I was reading the articles you sent over, Anna, about all of these different topics, like I can totally see the positives and you outlined a lot of them of this of this body positive movement and and how it came about. I think the intention was really good. But I, I think as with, you know, forward progression in society in general, we can't just become complacent. We can't stop now. So I, I really like that. And I think something that, you know, me personally on my journey, I, I would love to incorporate body positivity, body neutrality, and fat liberation in a combination in the way that I move through the world and the way that I think about things. And I think that there's space for that too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I really like this, this conversation. I really like being able to define these terms and to get it, you know, get the conversation rolling because I think that this is one where people sometimes do feel a little hesitant. I know Nathaniel and I talked about that when, when we wanted to bring this on and we're all about honesty and transparency here. Like we didn't know how to really address this, this conversation either. It's something that we talk about and something we acknowledge, but we didn't know how to start it because we were scared, but I'm really glad that we ripped the band-aid and we're talking about it because it is super important. Yeah. We love vulnerability. We love transparency. Yes. I I think something that I that just came to me that I think is important to note too is like no part of this dialogue is saying that there's a certain body size at which you get to have body image issues, mm. right? Like our whole social structure is built around body image challenges. I think, and this is where body positivity turns out to be not enough, is like, if body image is the only challenge you're facing, then positivity will be the solution. Yeah. Like if you're just having negative thoughts, then having positive thoughts fixes it. When you're also facing social barriers, that is when it becomes insufficient. And so that's why it's important mm. to acknowledge that like body positivity can lift everyone, but body positivity itself does not address the issues facing fat people existing in society. Yeah. And I wish we had time to really like break apart all of the different structural issues that fat people face because I mean we touched on a little bit here and there like especially about healthcare and like physical spaces and how they're built and things but I mean it is literally entrenched right like traveling thinking about like airplane seats they're going mm -hmm. to other countries that don't you know have accessible spaces or experiences or things like that right like that's it is everywhere and it is it touches every part of the life cycle and and the life experience so I so appreciate the conversation we've had today Anna like I love your thoughts always you're so intelligent and so eloquent and I love hearing you speak so I'm so glad that you were willing to come chat with us and as always we literally say this every single time I wish we had hours on end to to be able to dive into this but we're gonna we're gonna wrap real quick but I just want to say thanks again for for being here and uh being you Thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for having a conversation that y'all felt a little uncomfy about. Proud of you. Growth. Growth and development. We love to see it. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks to Anna. And as always, please um, leave any comments, Twitter, Instagram, text me, send me an email, write me a letter even. That would be great. You we can... love snail mail. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll send you my address if you ask for it personally. <laughs> <laughs>
But you're not just gonna post it on the yeah, internet. I'm probably not. I'm probably not going to do that. Um, the people, the people want to see it, Nathaniel. They yeah. do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that Molly would uh, appreciate. That's true. You know. That's true. It is. Yeah. Fair. So, anyway, <laughs> again, <laughs> happy to be back, and then we will absolutely see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.